0: Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including David Walker, Tim Edwards, Ilico Elia, Andy Hagan. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us from as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name is Ben Smith.
1: I'm Rafe Blanford.
0: And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season Irvine, Episode 10, and this week we return to our hardware and operator roots.
1: We ponder their relevance for today's mobile consumer.
0: And whether they still set the agenda
2: for the mobile industry as a whole.
0: Welcome back, chaps. Hello, woohoo. Manford, up. Let's do it. Okay, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm rocking. Yeah. Rose Branford is bouncing up and down in a manner that quite unbefitting a gentleman of his status. I'm G'd up. He's <laughs> g up, I see. You, see <laughs> you don't help with the jokes about the landed gentry if you mime horse riding at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he really doesn't. <laughs> how are you, Ben? I'm good, thank you. I'm a little bit weary, but there again, as I've said all season, I now have a small child in my life, so. Yes, the sleeping is now an optional thing that we do. That's right. I remember sleeping. I wish I'd done more sleeping
1: <laughs> before. You're not really making product development attractive to someone who's still single and unattached.
0: Product develop. Product development. Indeed, <laughs> we are very much in the incubator stage of this particular product. <laughs> Fail fast, or Mrs. Smith will tell me off. So you, McLeod, you have some things of the week. I do. Yes, I, I've actually got two. Two things of the week. Oh, this is exciting. Well, we will forego our goes. You crack on.
2: Okay. All right. Well, number one is the hub by Premier Inn. Have you heard of this one? It's no. A n- new hotel. And the Premier Inn in the UK is a leading budget. It's a motel. Motel chain, yes. They're at um, motorway junctions, inner city places.
0: Oh, you make it sound just like a dream. Darling, shall I bring you to the Premier Inn? It has a sweeping panoramic views of the motorway.
1: Service station. <laughs> and lovely. access
0: to some of the finest news agents. Now,
1: if you do travel for
2: corporate purposes, as I do, they are usually on the list of hotels you can stay at. And actually, they are cheap. They, they are cheap, but they, they are actually pretty good. I do actually enjoy going to them. I'm staying one tonight it's called the hub it's their new one and it's completely controlled via the phone right so you check in with your phone right and then the whole environment in the room and there's there's smaller rooms i think they're small that's that's the concept the whole thing is controlled by the mobile so um here i am Let's ben, get,
1: I, I noticed that you're uh, recharging his phone using a battery charger Really hope that that's got some juice left in it, because otherwise he's not going to have anywhere to sleep tonight. because well, be it's able to quite get important.
2: In. Yeah, exactly. So make yourself right at home, customize your stay through your phone. Through this app, you can adjust the temperature, okay. the lighting in your room, you can switch on the do not disturb sign and control your TV. You can control
1: your TV from the phone. I'll right? just point as it as out that, got a battery. that staying in the Premier Travel Inn does not count as winning smartest Home.
2: Right, but th- no, but this is, this is the hub by Premier Inn.
0: Okay, very well. There you go. We look forward to your report on how that works. You know how I get on. It strikes me that all of those things I was previously able to do at other hotels without feeling they were particularly stressful. Well, I'm going to let you know. I think it might be cool. Okay. And then the next one is... Is there a button you can press that makes breakfast come to your room? Yes, they bring it in a little box. Oh, okay. Well, that I approve of because I always don't have time for that. Some leaving it for four seasons have got that. Concierge that. Very good. Right, the other one, number two. Shell motorist. Have you seen uh, this
1: fill up and go yes yeah now
0: we talked about this mm. a while back this is about paying at the pump yeah and it?
2: i think i probably dismissed it i think i might have done but have you um, used it now i i am a convert i'm
0: only using this now Breaking news, Ewan McLeod pans something, having not tried it. <laughs> tries it. Discovers <laughs> and everybody else in the world not as moronical as he thought. And there might be some truth in that. Yeah. right. The team of however many that shell who brought it can finally rest easy in their beds that Ewan McCloud has deigned <laughs> to try their product before slagging right. it off to do, the world. Um,
2: what, do you know what's interesting? I was standing on the forecourt with my phone. The guy used a speaker. Uh, the guy in the booth said, Oi, what are you Don't doing? Don't lose your phone. Put your phone back. And, I, and I, said, I motioned, I'm trying to pay with a, you know. Yeah. And he went, ow, ow. So I walked in and he briefed me. You've got to do it in the car. Oh, right. All right, so you have to stay in the car. Do you have to lean out the window to fill no. up the gas? Oh, yeah, you've got to do that bit. But um, in order, you have to activate it. So you fill up and go. So you actually you have to get your phone. So I've activated it. i plugged it into PayPal. And then you say, right, I'm here. It, it uh, geolocates you. And then you take a photo off the little barcode. And you can do that from quite far away. You're maybe six to eight feet away. But it does work every time. And then it says, oh, you're on pump two off the local service station. And um, you authorize it. And I've authorized to eighty quid. And um, it just says, right, go and go fill up. You fill up. As you get out of the car, it says, please leave your phone in the car. I feel it says that to you, but it just it like, oh. doesn't actually. because It have doesn't owned, speak to you, but no. you know, you've got to leave your phone in the car because they get very uppity.
1: It would make sense if you hadn't followed instructions and had got out the car with your phone.
2: Yeah, but the, the only reason I got out those instructions was from the guy berating me on the forecourt. Anyway, it is a really nice experience now, now that I'm a regular user of it. It's like the, the rubbishest
0: review ever, isn't it? Four stars. I actually tried it.
2: <laughs> you and McLeod. Right, no, I am. I have used it three times now, and I'm preferring to go to Shell.
0: And if you could pay at the pump with a credit card at some places that you do, mm-hmm. you know, put the card in the machine, would you still prefer the mobile? No, pilot? I prefer
2: this because it's, see, I don't. Have, you have to touch ID to get into it, but I've already approved all the payments. So it's already connected via PayPal to my credit card. So you just go, bing, bing, pay, done, move on. So it's okay. quicker than the credit card.
0: Nice one. Right. Ray do you have any things of the week or are we just going to let you and McLeod have I, I a think of?
1: we should let you and Dominate because we've got 25 minutes left to talk about our main topic.
0: We do. Okay, so, you and McLeod, mm-hmm. what are we talking about this week? Because it is a tricky subject this week. I Obviously, think. It's
2: one close to my heart. It's about it? how rubbish are mobile operators and how rubbish is the mobile marketplace at the moment.
0: Is there 361 yeah. keeping it positive let's for 11 seasons? Let's
2: put it different. The two theories we'd like to posit today are, one, that we are post hardware okay does the, we'll, we'll, we'll not get, what that into that, get into that right? yeah. and two we are post operator
1: okay so that's interesting because i seem to recall early on in the history of 361 all of 11 full seasons ago we talked about what we'd like to talk about as big topics and themes for the show and mobile hardware and sort of smartphones was definitely one of them and it's critical talking about operators with the other thing so are we saying that we're now post 361
0: the other thing I remember is that we recorded the first couple of episodes of 361 Podcast on a beach in the south of France. And I can't help noticing that we are not on a beach in the south of France. So maybe Got if we jaded. went back to the south of France, our interest in operators and hardware would be reestablished. Maybe it's just an environmental yes.
1: thing. That's quite possibly the greatest reason i can think of for doing a link to the Patreon thing right now, Ben.
0: If you'd like to support the show, go to 361podcast.com, click the link to Patreon. You can donate about a dollar an episode, just about 60 pence, and uh, help support, fund the show to allow us to make new content. Um, on the beach. Getting the Blanford for oiled, possibly on the beach. Anyways, back to the topic that was unplanned. Right, so post-hardware. I expand think on that. For a
2: long time in every episode of 361, we have been obsessing or discussing heavily the merits and features of hardware. Phones. Uh, phones, not just phones, but typically phones in, in particular. Yeah, this phone's got this, that phone's got this, Nokia hardware is better,
0: blah, blah, blah. That type of conversation has died down over recent seasons. Is that because we are older and more bored with stuff or is that because no, it's I think less it's interesting? Because,
2: I think it's because the market has moved on in that, I think, if you were to summarise it, the additional hardware, right, a Snapdragon blah blah isn't that much better than a Snapdragon, blah, blah, blah. It's, the difference now is really, really difficult to tell. And the value, I think, is, is also difficult to measure.
0: But we, as enthusiasts, for a better term, still rush out and buy new hardware on a yearly well, basis. No, I
2: think it's interesting. I think Apple did this to us. Because when Apple came in and began to be very successful in the mobile marketplace, they did so by saying this is the iPhone 3G and so, and so on. They didn't say, this is the new blah-blah-blah with a, you know, a quadruple so-and-so. They deliberately
0: didn't talk hardware. So now it's just about associating the newest one with fashion. If you have a recent iPhone, you can do everything you need to do
2: or possibly want to do, I think, with very few exceptions in the smartphone
0: planet. Well, Rafe Blanford is my case study for people who don't live in the iPhone world that you and I
1: happily inhabit. So, Rafe, is that a fair comment? I see what you and get at. And I do think there's been, a no. <laughs> uh, and I do think there's been a plateauing of hardware in terms of a lot of the improvements have become incremental rather than revolutionary. I think we were rather spoiled how things got kind of better very quickly. But you look at the latest iPhone and Apple's marketing campaign is the only thing that changes everything. But all of those Psst. are yeah, relatively small-scale improvements. You look at something like the camera, 3D touch. I think that's an interesting one. Nice. But ultimately does that make a big change? Is that a reason to update? No, there's not. You look outside the Apple world, I still think there's some things that are coming in. I mean, Nexus imprint and sort of touch ID being integrated into those Android devices. With the most recent generation of Windows phone devices, they were actually a leap forward, but that's arguably because the kind of the flagships hadn't happened for a couple of years in that world.
2: Wait a minute, Blanford, right? Can you check into to your flight? with a generic smartphone yes you can can you take a, an uber yes you can can you do uh, google can you check your email can you do this i mean uh, and that's years exactly ago right. so, it was not possible so if you brought the wrong phone then you yeah. couldn't do x or y
1: so what i actually think has happened there's been the commoditization of the smartphone hardware and actually there's not that much of a difference between the oh. low end and the high end in terms of absolute Capabilities. there is still a quality difference. And I think that's the thing that will remain the case and there will continue to be incremental improvements. But you're absolutely right to say there isn't sort of that point at which if you make a hardware decision, you won't be able to do something. There'll always be something new coming along and actually payments and some of the enablers for that were kind of an example. And I'm sure there will be other sensors and things in due course, but radically changing or you know, a step change, probably not, and so that commoditization does effectively mean we're post-hardware because the well, things you say that commoditization start matter, is it
2: not the rise of the ecosystem that matters and not the hardware? Well,
1: I think that's the thing that you get instead. And actually it's not about the ecosystem because that's the enabler. It's about the experiences and what do people want to do with it and what do they get excited about. Actually, typically now it's when there's new platform version. They demonstrate that by showing off various bits of software and services, and that's the reason that people might buy the phone. Best example of that, Apple Pay.
0: Yeah, the things that smartphones do now are so broad in terms of sensing, hardware, camera, display, touch... Those sorts of things that also to make a hardware change that is so big as to warrant being notable needs to be proportionally larger as well. Previously, you were adding capabilities to the device, and now it's more a process of refining it. So, if we're post hardware, and I'm for the listeners' benefit here, I'm doing bunny ears because I'm not sure if we, that's the right term. But if hardware is boring, does it matter anymore? Is it
2: boring, or just not that relevant anymore? I mean, I don't I don't worry. What my mum just says, I'm going to buy an iPhone. Go, cool. You can't get the wrong one.
1: I'm not sure it's relevant because I think we actually become very blasé about the capabilities of that hardware. But I think what a smartphone encompasses now is so much broader than it used to be that we actually think about many more things in that purchase equation. It used to be easy because you could just buy the most expensive device or that with the highest specs. But that doesn't actually matter much anymore. And actually, camera phones are a good example of this where the best camera phone on the market, depending who you ask, will be maybe the LG device, it might be the latest Lumia or whatever. But that's kind of irrelevant. Actually, what matters is what you're going to do with those photos and the ability to share those to whatever your preferred services. because the differences between the different types of device are actually relatively small now. And even a mid-tier camera phone will probably be good enough for most people to you know, used for social media to print out the photos. That definitely wasn't the case before. There was a very noticeable hardware gradient across the smartphone landscape. And don't get me wrong, there still is. So I think it's just become shallower. And so that's when we talk about being post-hardware, I think actually we probably mean post-hardware differentiation. And so then it becomes about the services. And I think that's a consequence of the fact that almost everyone has a smartphone now. Before they were something that was kind of a high-end kind a of luxury item now that everyone has them the focus then becomes on what are the things that you can do with them and actually thinking about the way that location has come on is kind of an interesting one you were talking about this earlier ewan
2: well i think what all the things that had to fall into place in order for location to be seamless in order for us to be able to order something from deliveroo or have uber come pick us up yeah, that, that's really, really cool. And it, there's a lot of work and a lot of iteration that had to go into delivering that. Can you remember the time when Apple brought out the iPhone and I thought it was miraculous that it would switch between 3G data or 2G data in this case and Wi-Fi? Yeah. it would actually automatically switch
0: without asking you do you remember the good old days would you like to connect to this network or that network or the other what network what bearer would you like to use
2: was it but also yet?
1: something like the original iPhone browser which was held up and pinched to zoom as being something really quite miraculous and, and now when you see the latest Apple iPhone or indeed the Google Keynote it will be the software experiences that are presented on stage and actually it's typically the way they're tied together in multiple instances so what seems to become the differentiator is how good your software ecosystem and service set is. And so, you know, we've had um, HealthKit being played up, for example, or HomeKit, both of which are relatively immature at the moment, but Google is making efforts in that same space. And actually, those are the ones that tend to attract your attention when something new happens. And we've had the same thing with payment services as well. But those really aren't hardware dependent in the same way.
0: So this is just about where most opportunity lies and we've kind of flipped over from where most opportunity for improvement used to be in the hardware we've now got to the point that the hardware is so capable and in combination with all the various capabilities opens up so many possible services that now it's the services that are more interesting as you said Ewan, yeah uber only happens because of a bunch of stuff that you really take for granted on smartphones now, including perhaps payments and location and mapping. And because and everybody else,
2: don't forget the, the power of the market, right? The Nokia N95, the original multimedia computer, could easily have run Uber. Or the Uber functionality, right? It could have done Uber. The trouble is there's probably about 500 people in London that would have probably used it and then maybe only 10 in a given day would have wanted the facility. But the fact is... The reason it can be so popular is because we have an installed base of people that have devices that are capable of the following, and it
1: works. So ironically, the scale of smartphones has actually made the hardware almost redundant now.
2: Or homogenized, and it doesn't really matter. As long as you've got a recent smartphone,
0: you're in. But is the computer market not an example of this? Because for most people, so long as it runs a web browser... Is good a power. computer is good enough, yes. and thus that's almost why for a while we were looking at tablets and saying that they could easily take on PCs because most people's usage was web browsing, your email was through your web browser, all your apps were through a browser, and even a very low power tablet could do that. When was the
2: last time both of you got genuinely excited about the purchase of a phone? Because I remember I used to justify to myself, no, I'm putting it on the credit card, I'm going and buying it now because I need it now. I want it, and I would actually go to different shops. I would buy the phone on a contract sometimes because they wouldn't give it to you without a contract. Probably you know?
0: the yeah. Android G1 was the last time that I personally did that that hunt where At I went mobile oh, G1 yeah. Yeah. in the UK, So I, yeah, I yeah. signed up to a contract I didn't want on yeah. a network that I didn't use to get a piece of hardware that no one else would sell. But that was the launch of a whole platform, it felt transformational. It felt as if... It was if worth it. Everything, you were buying into that. Everything was changing right and there. And it literally in. was when you put that phone on and started using it. Yes. And, and you know, we had our expectations set by other devices and yeah. other platforms, but you also knew that Google coming into that market and, and Android something, was, yeah. was, was significant.
2: we have been waiting a while for Android to actually hit, and that was the first Android phone. What, what about you,
0: Rafe? When, when was the last time you felt that need...
1: I'm not sure I can remember the last time there was an actual need to out one product. Come on, you had a burning condition. desire
0: for the uh, Lumia 640 XL for some time, didn't you, really?
1: <laughs> actually, most recently, the new Lumia devices. But a lot of that was driven by wanting to try out Windows 10 Mobile. And so it mm, wasn't so really about hard, about, right about the hardware as such. And actually thinking back... I think it would be something like the Nokia 808, which had the 42 megapixel camera. Right, that was
2: something really, worth was something experiencing,
1: really interesting. But we moved away from that now. And actually, I think the interesting thing is this is representative of the power shift that we've had in the industry. We always used to talk about all the manufacturers. And actually, now we tend to talk about the big platforms. And yes, we talk about. Apple's iPhone. But the reason it's interesting is it runs at iOS. And there's very little discussion of, particularly if you look at the Android world, you don't really care which Android device you have, perhaps with the exception of something like Samsung and Xiaomi, where they're attempting to create ecosystems around it. But actually, it's not so much the Samsung device, although that does guarantee you a certain amount of features and hardware. But it becomes about the service and also the other hardware around it. And so you might care about the Samsung wearable, the smartwatch. You might care about the integration with the smart home. Yes, you'll make a decision on which handset to buy based on kind of some design and fashion features. And I think the S6 Edge devices are kind of symptomatic of that. But is that about the hardware that we mean? No, I, I don't think so. Not that kind of component-based But the edge, that's a really good example
2: of something that's so eye-catching that I think a lot of people have been drawn to the edge. It still does look good, right?
1: And this is why I'm not sure I can get behind this kind of idea of post-hardware because ultimately what it looks like still matters, and I don't think that will change.
2: Okay, we should have called what, it post-technical specifications.
1: What's in it? probably doesn't matter it doesn't mean there won't still be things that are interesting so you know the curved screen or who knows in a few years time it might well, be bendy, flexible screen yeah yeah will be interesting so that'll
2: catch our attention but how many gigapixels maybe not
1: but i actually think you know that the move for it, say from four to eight k screens for most people pretty much irrelevant and so in that sense, I think we have moved beyond a concern about specification. And to me, that's actually a pretty good thing. Yeah. You do notice that in phone shops now. It always used to be the three bullet points were always about the hardware specification. Yes. That's still true to some extent. But at the very least, we're moving away from that.
0: The one thing that hasn't improved that I wish would was that quantum leaping battery. Absolutely. That we've talked about because yeah. they've become much better built. They've become fashion items. The screens are now mind blowingly high resolution to the extent where, you know, you, you have to really, you know, reach the edges of human capability to notice the differences in and the, the very best screens. You've got a huge range of connectivity options, but we don't have improved batteries. That is, ba- is battery Apple's fault.
2: Because I felt the marketplace was finally getting batteries and battery life was really quite important. Then along came a very slim looking phone that didn't have enough battery for its screen, i.e. the iPhone and it didn't have a replaceable battery, which was absolute nonsense, because for the geeks such as us carrying two or three batteries... Real people
0: didn't carry extra batteries. No, real people just got very annoyed, though. It wasn't worth the price of the hardware compromises you had to make. I think the problem is not that the battery doesn't become replaceable or the battery doesn't get bigger. It's that we haven't had that technology leap. The things that have impressed us most about hardware have been when things have sort of taken that next step forward. Well, but I, I remember thinking, why
2: are we accepting
0: this? And all the consumer research
2: these guys, are doing, these hardware companies are doing, does no one say plugging it in every night is really
1: annoying but the thing is if you talk to the manufacturer so they say they've done the market research and people say they care about it and then go and buy the one with a small capacity battery because they care because it looks nicer it feels nicer yeah exactly i think it's that purchase equation thing hasn't changed
0: so maybe then what will drive battery will be when the hardware on the device Needs the additional battery in order to continue to perform. So actually, yeah. the end user won't get more duration, but you'll see batteries grow to enable this kind of supercomputer in your pocket, stuff full of sensors and displays. And that, that's and kind outputs. of already
1: happened because we have seen the capacity of batteries increase from sort of around a thousand to you know, two and a half, even three and a half thousand, in the case of phablets. And so I think we have to be careful when we talk about you know post-hybrid, because actually there are still a remarkable number of changes going on and specifications do matter but it's true to say they matter less the gradient from top to bottom is less and the emphasis that people place on software and services is far far greater than it ever has been before hence why you do get kind of get these vitriolic almost comments between android versus ios because people buy into them and they really matter because that's where the lock-in really hurts
0: okay time to move on to the next one post operator so we haven't really reached a conclusion about a mobile po- network. We should qualify that. Yeah, as we, we haven't really reached a conclusion about post hardware, but things have definitely changed. On the contrary, with operators, I feel like nothing has changed. I'm pretty sure we sat on that beach in Cannes. You know, it was a hard time, difficult time <laughs> for all of us, and we, amongst other things, talked about what would operators do in the future. How yes. would they behave? Well, the the operator app store was still something we were thinking about, and, and we. I think pretty much universally thought that operators would become dumb pipes. But yes. we also had to acknowledge that they didn't want to be. And if you talk to anybody from an operator, they would become almost vehement that no, they oh, were you. they were the network, they were the smarts and then actually the operator was going to be the dominant per, the dominant was organization. Going to still is. be the dominant. Yeah. Yeah. And to some extent actually the fact that the GSMA still organized the big trade show where all of you know the biggest things happen, the operators are still in like, mobile. Biggest things happen in mobile, but then look, look at CES, just being eclipsed. Slowly, well, maybe not slowly, it's being, being eclipsed, but operators still behave in the way that they believe that they are core to, to mobile experience. But actually, here we are now, many, many years later, there are no meaningful operator app stores that I'm no. aware of. No. They're not substantially involved in mobile payments that I'm aware of.
2: No, they've missed that one completely. Well, in the United Kingdom, they've just uh, well, I think in Western Europe, I think it's fair to say no. it, they've missed it completely. And America, right, they've missed billing yeah. completely. So uh, operator billing is a thing that is offered, but I, I still look at later of stats. It's not something a, a
1: yeah. mobile device. It's yeah. tiny.
2: They haven't sorted out, they haven't done the lobbying required to get the correct licenses I and mean, it's easy for me to say it here, but actually I still think it's valid for us to say, "Look, you just haven't done it, you haven't performed. If you speak to an operator, they'll say, "Ah, oh, but we haven't managed to persuade the governments to blah, blah, blah. There could have been smart arguments saying, look, look at the growth of Mpesa. We need to be looking at introducing this stuff in the United Kingdom or across Europe or America. The conversations haven't happened. I think the operators have been asleep at the wheel in terms of innovation. And I think the fear of them becoming a dumb pipe, well, it, it was happening already when we were talking in the first episode or 361 and it's just it just more has come
1: to pass it's become a reality i think yes i will say i get somewhat reluctant to use the word dumb pipe because i actually think it underplays the importance and the technical achievement of operators okay
2: a data pipe that you do not think twice off apart from when it doesn't work
1: And I think that's right. And what I think is common with the hardware, it's become sort of a commoditized service to the extent that most people wouldn't actually care all that much which operator they're with once they are guaranteed to get connectivity. Now, there are still some customer service differences and it depends which market you look at. But that's a big change. This is what frustrates me is that if I go to my doctors and I am
0: prescribed some medicine for a common ailment, the amount of science, research, regulation, investigation, testing, government policy reviews that will have been involved in bringing that medicine to the market, providing me with a doctor who is trained and authorised to provide it to me, and then I go to the pharmacy, buy it for five quid, and you know take the pills to make my eczema get better, or you know make me feel better when I've got a headache. And for me, it's an exact parallel. Which is, I respect that that's happened but I don't understand it. I don't think about it for me it's an annoyance it's an occasional thing that happens and actually i spend maybe half an hour getting the doctor to work out what pills i need and then you go next door and you buy them over a counter and it's a, like buying a chocolate bar is yeah. the complexity of that transaction even though the product is way way more complex and that's the same for mobile we, networks we can
1: admire the sophistication of 3g and 4g networks we can recognize that's great. that yeah. there's going to be more management needed that there'll be, need to be densification the femto cells in that the home and buildings and all of that, I think, becomes important. And actually, I think on average, most people kind of underestimate the complexity of that infrastructure and indeed the cost of providing it. And it's unfortunate for the operators in some ways that there is fixed line telecoms, which is basically a sunk cost that's gone and everything else. Although even that, actually, if you think about upgrading a modern to a fiber optic network, which BT has been around and spending billions on it. And people aren't very sympathetic to, Towards that, but no. I think it's because operators have wanted to play in a wider space, and they've wanted to play a role a bit in your app store or the services they offer on top, or even the way they sell you mobile products. And they've kind of tried to offer far more, and yet never done it in a way that felt really compelling to the can consumer. We, can we give
2: the listeners a, a really nice insight into the bungling of it Go all, on, then. right? And that is location. Yes. So, no, location is business critical to companies like Google. And if you think about the operators, the big trend I saw was GPS in the phone. And GPS is absolutely the last thing you want in your little small handset that the minute you switch GPS on, the minute GPS is activated, it starts draining your battery. And this was a massive requirement for any decent location
0: service. Well, but also it's needless when you can easily triangulate your position right, from operating masks.
2: Right? So what had to happen in order for stuff to work, Google, etc. So the whole of the service layer on top of the mobile networks said, Look, we need a location. We need a location to do Google Maps, to do cool stuff. And everything we want to do is going to be driven by location. So what can you do operator? And at least here in the United Kingdom, what the operator says, ah, hold on a minute. Yes, because we know where you are and that's through cell to write triangulation the mobile operator can tell where you are round to about what 10 to 15 meters accurately and there is zero battery impact right the network knows where you are good enough to give you almost everything you need from location if the network knows that why couldn't they sell that well they did they did sell it they did try and sell it some smart super brains in the uk network said ah no we've got location people seem to want to buy it." and i was a purchaser I was a wannabe consumer off location for some of the services my companies were running. And I was talking to the networks through the aggregators and saying, look, I want to look up the locations of my customers and they want me to be able to do that. And I do not want to damage the batteries. I don't want them to all have to go out and buy a 500 pound smartphone because they don't have that at the minute. The market didn't have that at the moment. And the operator said, yeah, that's fine. It's um, 10 to 15 pence per lookup. They looked at the SMS model because remember, they were making billions out of SMS. They said, oh, yeah, if you want a lookup, do you want to know where someone is? Yeah. Yeah. 10 pence, 15 pence.
0: And this is what baffled me, is that the operators had authentication or identity and location, at least, and probably some other services, tied up because they were intrinsic to your relationship with the network. They
2: had a billing relationship with you. They were a bank, effectively, right?
0: But then they couldn't turn those into services that were more widely used Well, they chose widely useful. the wrong... Models. Exactly. The one I'm thinking of is very recently O2 and AT&T have announced that they're going to be working with Tardo, the connected thermostat right. company. And that's fantastic. And this is the other model that they've taken, which is because we understand connected devices, we will become connectivity suppliers. And we won't use any of the particular advantages of being a mobile network. We will just try and have a relationship with you as a supplier of all things connected. Mm. And many of the network operators now offer Wi-Fi services and other forms of connectivity as well. But for me, O2 and at and launching with Tardo is a perfect example of where the boat was missed because Tardo was a product that was kickstarted into existence very recently but someone had to have the idea. Crowdfunded it yeah. from interested people, refined the product, yeah. launched the product, refined the product some more, launched the product again, has now established a, a, a company a making a fairly credible device. And operators, in particular in this case, you know, one UK, one US operator, are now partnering with them to bring that to their consumers. And yet those operators had the kind of money to invest that could have funded tens or hundreds of those startups and could have been involved in pioneering them and, and actually have, have the benefits of having established those things to begin well, with. it
2: shows the power of having lots of money and not wanting to experiment too much, right? Because there were plenty of people with the vision We've all been to these exhibitions where there's been connected homes. Every single Mobile World Congress, since I can remember, has had some kind of connected home exhibition or environment, or one of the big network operators like Vodafone has had a connected home stage where you can come in and see the future, which had these kind of concepts discussed. That this wasn't a surprise to them. They just didn't execute on it. Yeah. So my view, it definitely post-operated. I mean, the deal was done way back when, and I'm I'm actually quite delighted that these guys are the dumb pipe or the data pipe. Just do that really, really well, thank you very much. Make your profits, modest profits, and just carry on, thank you.
1: And, you know, it does feel like there's been an incumbency effect and they've been chained by their own constraints because they've thought in a particular way and just haven't been able to break out of that. 15
2: pence a lookup. Can you imagine how many lookups does Google do right now on me? It's just absolutely ridiculous.
1: And you think of it of uh, over-the-top services Mm. as well, and uh, obviously messaging with WhatsApp, Facebook messaging, WeChat, all of those. It's actually the same thing. Operators, I think, were in a much better position to do that given their strength of owning the network, but also owning the customer relationship. But now I'm willing to bet that you know, people, of course, still have that payment and that identity relationship with their operator. It's irrelevant. But many more of them exist on the smartphone now. So, you know, you sign into your Google account or to your Apple account, and that now has become the predominant identity. Which is more valuable, valuable to you. Absolutely. Did the network have a
0: problem that they owned the network, but they didn't own the standard? And all the over the top services can rely on an internet connection an ip based connection and and when you write an app on an iphone you know it's going to work on a vodafone iphone and an at&t iphone and yet if you wanted to adapt gsm or any of its subsequent standards to support different type of location service or a different type of authentication service you needed all of the operators in the world which to agree the point, that standard the way,
2: that's the point of the gsme they right that's the whole point of bringing these operators together but they couldn't agree oh, with each other back to ben's first
0: law yeah. which is as, as soon as the press release has the words operator consortium in it you can consign it to the graveyard but,
1: but i think you can be sympathetic towards no i can't. no these guys the make a lot of money the- it's
0: all
2: perfectly fine they do okay it, it was, well.
1: a, was a completely different landscape. And actually what's happened is they've been disrupted because the boundary conditions changed. Yes, but there changed. wasn't
2: a surprise. Well, I think the frustration is that was not a surprise.
1: And I think that's the conclusion you have to come to, is that operators were complacent because they had a good life within their environment. And then things change such that they were going to be disrupted and just weren't aware of that. And in that sense, I don't think you can avoid the argument that we're post operator in the sense that most people aren't going to care about the operator. It doesn't mean there's not plenty of room for them to do interesting and innovative things. And as you said, actually, they'll need to be a smart data pipe and it won't be dumb or anything about it, but they will just be playing as a pipe. You know, it's very hard to see how they will be making a meaningful contribution outside that other than as an enabler of other businesses and other services.
0: Okay, so we think we might be post-hardware. We're a little bit more convinced about post-operator. So what then for you is the most interesting, in a word or two words, is most interesting areas of innovation where we think that we as technologists, as people who are excited by progress and new technology and the effect it has on people and the change in their lives, where would you look now to see the source of innovation and where will the 361 podcast be looking next year
2: okay i'll go first i I think it's the services layer i'm really interested in what you can do with automation and smart services available on demand i'm thinking of deliveroo i'm thinking of urban massage these kind of apps and then the stage just beyond apps where it becomes a service it really 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 helps you
1: so yeah absolutely the service layer still has plenty of room for new things But I would also say just the sheer scale of mobile hasn't yet really been tapped. I think that's because the business models that it can potentially support when we get to the global level of that degree of interconnectedness and also all the connected devices we talked about on the previous podcast open up new opportunities, both for what you get when you connect things together to get a greater whole, but also all the data and the insight that that that's possible, because that's ultimately how you you start making these things more intelligent and make more intelligent decisions for your life. For me,
0: for now, it's the software. And I think that is compatible with what both of you have said. Mm -hmm. But, But again, going back to the cars episode, we talked about how so many components that were physical could now be software. And actually now you have almost completely ubiquitous access to connectivity. And you've got hardware that is so capable and so available. Actually, the software exists across it, and people are going to start to create virtual things that you can interact with in a meaningful way. And uh, you know, you're going to be so many of the things that are are physically there at the moment, including many of the the sensors and the output devices and those sorts of things, are going to be simulated by generic devices in, in the future and I think that for me means that people who are creating those services they're the ones doing the innovation because they've abstracted themselves from all of the problems of the real world the bar is set so high that mobile devices are connected they do have sensors they do have don't have to worry android. about whether it's got an internet connection yeah and, and as Rafe says that doesn't mean it's not hard to provide them but at a point it becomes taken for granted right well there if anything is a slightly confused agenda for 361 podcast season 12 coming up Mm. you will have noticed we have not yet done our smartest home Competition update and there is a reason for that mm. which is we're not quite ready to draw that to a close yet it has turned out that smartest homes are quite hard uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah very hard and so we are going to be doing a special episode 11 to conclude this season which just wraps up our smartest home competition that will be with us in a week or so's it's its time one where Ewan wins it's a one where we critically evaluate what Ewan has actually done mm-hmm. for the smartest home competition and then Ben have got lots of learning because of his Christmas Christmas tree. No. So we'll be back in a week or two's time with the Smartest Time competition very rapidly followed by season 12 which will be continuing to expand the boundaries of mobile in the ways we were talking about but possibly a little more clearly as we investigate uh, what 361 could be looking at can we get a massage in there for planford and we will continue to be asking My video broadcast continues to be asking for your support to help fund the show to do some extra features through season 12 and some one-off special episodes that we are doing pre-production on i I found out it's called pre-production that just meant planning can we afford thinking to about do it? it yeah yeah, yeah. As ever, if you'd like to support the show or if you'd like to give subscribe or give us comments, you can go to 361podcast.com. You can talk to us on Twitter at 361podcast. You can leave us a voicemail through the website as well, or you can find us on Facebook. We are 361podcast there, but really don't encourage them. As ever, it's been great fun, gentlemen. I will see you again soon. Lots of love, everyone. For the conclusion of the Smartest Home Competition. And uh, if you've got any thoughts about that in advance of the episode going to air, please write in and let us know. Lots of people saying that they've really appreciated some of the market research we've been doing because it's been confusing them. The pain. We will be back very, very soon. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. bye